Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Space News Pod. I'm your host, Will Walden. First, we're focusing on a significant development in SpaceX. The recent test flight of Starship, which unfortunately ended in an explosion, and this event is crucial not only for SpaceX, but also for NASA's Artemis program, which relies on the Starship for future lunar Artemis missions, specifically Artemis 3. Now, the test flight on Saturday showed both progress and challenges for SpaceX. The spacecraft reached an altitude of 93 miles, a significant improvement from its last flight. However, the flight concluded with the explosion of the Starship, raising questions and triggering an FAA investigation. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk remains optimistic, though, anticipating a readiness for the next flight in just a few weeks. And this episode will explore the details of the flight. The spacecraft, which is designed to be a pivotal part of NASA's lunar missions, encountered a severe mishap as both the Starship and the Super Heavy booster exploded. Now, this incident, following an earlier destructive test in April, brings into focus the challenges that SpaceX faces in developing this gigantic 400-foot-tall, it's basically a skyscraper that's going to space. SpaceX's proactive measures, such as the installation of a water suppression system to protect the launch pad, indicating significant technical improvements, and it actually worked. The flight's initial success with all 33 Raptor engines igniting correctly and the spacecraft reaching space marked a notable advancement from previous attempts. However, the explosion that followed raises critical safety and technical questions for SpaceX and the FAA. Now, the industry experts and former FAA officials suggest the situation is more promising despite this massive explosion over the ocean. The improved performance could lead to a quicker review process by the FAA, essential for SpaceX's timeline with the Artemis III mission. Now, George Neald, former head of the FAA's Office of Commercial Space Transportation, emphasized the importance of learning from these tests to enhance public safety and spacecraft reliability. And the FAA's role is critical in this process. As SpaceX submits its report on the failure and proposed changes for future flights, the FAA must balance rapid development that SpaceX is noteworthy for with stringent safety and environmental regulations. This process reflects the growing pressures on the agency amidst the burgeoning commercial space industry. Should they move forward and move fast like SpaceX does, or should they stick with their old ways? Only time will tell. SpaceX's resilience and adaptability have been evident in its history of overcoming challenges. The company's experience, notably the recovery after losing a Falcon 9 rocket in 2015, 
demonstrate its capability to quickly address these issues and return back to flight to a normal cadence and actually build up the cadence and the speed of these flights and the turnaround. And this capability will be crucial as SpaceX aims to define the Starship system for reliability and space travel. Now for NASA, the stakes are very high. The Artemis program's success heavily depends on the Starship's development. With an investment of $4 billion, NASA envisions using the Starship for lunar landings, a mission not undertaken since the Apollo mission over 50 years ago. However, the timeline targeting a lunar landing by astronauts in uh, 2025 or 2026 hinges on Starship's performance and the reliability of the booster and the ship, which includes its unprecedented need for in-orbit refueling, something that's never been done before in a rocket this size. Now, SpaceX's latest test, despite its explosive conclusion, marks a step forward, not backwards, in its bold journey to space. The flight's initial successes, contrasted by the subsequent failures, underscore these challenges that the pioneers of SpaceX and the Starship continue to push with. Now, with the FAA's oversight and SpaceX's determination, the path forward is a blend of testing, innovation, and also regulatory navigation. And the tension between SpaceX's fast-paced innovation and the government's regulatory framework is likely to persist for a while. SpaceX's expectations for efficient approval processes often clash with the inherently cautious and procedural nature of government agencies. This dynamic will be crucial in shaping the pace and direction of future Starship tests and, by extension, the progress of human space exploration. Now, this is a little side note. SpaceX is only allowed to do five launches from Starbase Texas at this time. And if they can squeeze in another test by the end of this year, by the end of December, they will have successfully launched three times from Boca Chica Starbase Texas in one year. If they slip to January, that flight goes into the next five for next year. Now, if they do complete those five tests successfully, if they even successfully complete I, probably two or three of them, the FAA may allow them to do more flights from Starbase, Texas. And the implications of these developments, they're going beyond SpaceX and NASA. The commercial space sector, which is poised to benefit from Starship's potential to lower launch costs significantly, is watching as SpaceX succeeds in these launches. And the success of Starship isn't just about reaching the Kármán line and getting into space. It's also about reshaping the economics and the accessibility of space travel for NASA and normal people like you and me. Eventually, space tourism will become a thing, and SpaceX will be on the forefront of that technology. And as SpaceX prepares for the IFT-3 launch, and as SpaceX prepares for the IFT-3 launch, we'll be here every single step of the way. Next up, we delve into the imminent and complex challenge facing the International Space Station or the ISS. For over two decades, the ISS has been a symbol of international cooperation and scientific advancement in low Earth orbit. However, the time has come to plan for its decommissioning, a task that NASA is currently undertaking. Now, the goal is to safely guide the ISS back into Earth's atmosphere, where it will ultimately disintegrate, a process expected to cost nearly a billion dollars. And this undertaking not only involves intricate aerospace engineering, but also navigates sensitive international diplomatic waters. 
The ISS, primarily a product of American and Russian collaboration, has been a constant in space since the late 1990s, outliving its planned lifespan of about 15 years. And the station's position in low Earth orbit means it can't remain there indefinitely. Without regular maintenance, it would eventually fall back down towards Earth. Options like moving it to a higher orbit or leaving it as a space museum are impractical or they're hazardous. And the preferred method of decommissioning involves a controlled re-entry, ideally crashing it into a remote part of the Pacific Ocean. This process is complex due to the station's size, its irregular shape, and the unpredictable nature of Earth's atmosphere. And amidst these technical challenges, the geopolitical landscape also plays a significant role especially considering the strained relations between the U.S. and Russia, which could impact the availability and coordination of necessary resources like Russian progress vehicles. Now, the ISS's decommissioning presents a multifaceted problem. It's in low-Earth orbit. The station is subject to atmospheric drag, gradually losing altitude over time. Regular boosts from Russian progress cargo vehicles have so far maintained this orbit. However, the station cannot stay in low Earth orbit indefinitely due to how massive it is and the risk it poses as potential space debris. Leaving it abandoned in a higher orbit is not a viable option either, given the cost and the risk associated with such a maneuver. It would eventually fall back down to Earth as well, due to the gravity of the Earth pulling it in. And decommissioning the ISS involves intricately planned steps. After a period of natural orbital decay, a custom-built vehicle would attach to the station initiating a controlled descent. The objective is to minimize time in the lower Earth atmosphere to prevent wide dispersion of debris and ensure a precise crash location in the South Pacific. This task is complicated by the station's large size, a weird irregular shape, and the variability of Earth's atmosphere. The geopolitical context adds another layer of complexity. Historically, the ISS has been a joint venture between U.S. and Russia, with contributions from Canada, Japan, and Europe. However, strained U.S.-Russian relations, particularly in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, have cast doubt on the availability of Russian resources for the ISS's decommissioning. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This uncertainty has led NASA to consider American alternatives, despite the higher costs involved. The potential use of Russian progress vehicles for a controlled deorbit has been a topic of discussion, but remains uncertain due to coordination challenges and recent incidents involving Russian-built hardware. These incidents have raised concerns about the reliability of Russian spaceflight capabilities, and NASA's solicitation for commercial proposals for a new deorbit vehicle underscores the need for a reliable and independent American solution. The decision on how to proceed with the ISS's decommission will have far-reaching implications, affecting not just U.S.-Russia relations, but also other international partnerships integral to the ISS. The end of the ISS era opens the door to new discussions about future space collaborations, including those with emerging space powers like China. And as the world prepares for the ISS's eventual decommissioning and deorbiting, the event will be a spectacle. 
marking a significant and emotional moment in space exploration history. And the decommissioning could happen as soon as 2035, you know, but they might push it back a little bit further, 2040 to 2045, if NASA and Russia can agree on a plan to decommission the orbiting space station. And remember, there are private space stations that could possibly take place of some of the parts of the International Space Station. Companies like Axiom Space are working on private space stations and parts for the current space station that will be used in the near future. Now, Axiom Space Station could come online within the next five to 10 years, so that could be a good indication of what could happen to the International Space Station. If they put this private station up, then they could decommission the International Space Station and kind of move everything that's important from the space station that we know right now, the one that we know and love, the International Space Station, move that over towards the Axiom Space Station and pay rent there? Let's talk about Starship one more time before we move on to some more NASA news and uh, other spaceflight news for tomorrow. But this is also NASA, so it's, it's a little bit of both worlds. And SpaceX's next test flight, the IFT-3, with a Starship vehicle is drawing attention for its potential role in the NASA's Artemis lunar missions. A recent statement from NASA official Lakeisha Hawkins highlights a significant increase in the number of required launches for Artemis lunar landings, suggesting in the high teens to 20s compared to SpaceX's previous estimates. The previous estimates were about 10, 8 to 10 to probably up to 15 at most. And at a NASA Advisory Council meeting, Hawkins from NASA's Moon to Mars program office outlined the necessity of multiple Starship missions. Now, the plan involves using SpaceX's Texas pad and a new one at the Kennedy Space Center that they're building right now. And the strategy is crucial for sending a lander to the moon for Artemis 3. Now, the operational concept for Starship's lunar lander, part of the Human Landing System, HLS, program, demands several launches of the Starship's Super Heavy system. This includes launching a propellant depot into orbit, followed by tanker Starships that will transfer fuel to that depot. The lander version of Starship will then rendezvous with the depot for refueling before heading to the moon. In the exact number of necessary launches had been a subject of debate, and they'll continue working on this until they get it right. NASA's recent presentation at the International Astronautical Congress didn't specify a number, only mentioning the need for multiple launches. Now, Hawkins' estimate of high teens is driven by concerns over propellant loss, known as boil-off, at the depot in orbit. Now, achieving the Artemis schedule and managing fuel loss requires rapid, successive launches. These will occur from both Boca Chica, Texas, and Kennedy Space Center's Launch Complex 39A on a six-day rotation. NASA's choice of Starship for the HLS program has been criticized primarily due to the high number of launches, and the Government Accountability Office, responding to protests from Blue Origin and Dynetics, noted SpaceX's plan for 16 launches per lunar mission. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, however, disagreed, stating in 2021 that a maximum of eight tanker launches should suffice, possibly as few as four. The development of the Starship lander is a crucial component of Artemis III. Alongside other elements like new spacesuits from Axiom Space and a docking port on Orion, Jim Free, NASA's Associate Minister for Exploration Systems Development, emphasized the importance of these various components 
for the mission success. Now, the upcoming launch of IFT-3 after the IFT-2 launch of Starship was deemed a success, though it did explode a few times. The booster made it to the flip maneuver and hot staging was successful, but the booster disintegrated very shortly after the flip maneuver started and it took them uh, a couple seconds to disintegrate the whole thing. It was either a fuel system issue where the fuel was sloshing within the booster and detonated itself or something along the boosters, or there was a compromise in the booster which made it disintegrate on its own. We're not quite sure yet. Elon and SpaceX has not released that information yet. But the Starship kept going. Hot staging was a huge success. Starship kept going for a few more minutes. They lost contact with it over the ocean, and it was detonated or something happened to it. We're not exactly sure yet, but the flight termination system is the most likely culprit for this. And they lost the ship. But it was a huge success because they achieved hot staging, which was the major hurdle that they wanted to overcome for this launch. They cleared the tower. They made it to the Kármán line, above the Kármán line, into space, technically into space. They didn't make it to orbital velocity, but they did make it above the Kármán line. So this is the first starship to make it above the Kármán line and into technical space. Now, IFT-3 is going to be a pivotal launch for Starship and for Elon Musk and SpaceX. If they successfully launch, flip the booster, hot stage, soft land the booster in the Gulf of Mexico, and then belly smacker the ship off the coast of Hawaii, it will be a resounding success. And next stop will be orbit. Now, when they make it orbit, what will they do? They'll probably do Starlink, release some Starlinks into orbit. They might do something fancy like release a, a Cybertruck into orbit. I'm not 100% sure, but it's a huge step forward for SpaceX and the HLS program. Now, if they do make it to orbit, that'll be a test for a tanker system. And they may have a tanker system in the works right now that they can send up to orbit to do some preliminary testing and see if they can dock with it with a starship because they need to do a bunch of these docks. According to Elon, eight. And according to other people, 16 launches per lunar mission. So if they can do it once, they can repeat this numerous times. And this will just be from the from the uh, Boca Chica site at Starbase, Texas. So that'll be an interesting thing for SpaceX to do in the next, I think it's going to happen in the next year. I think they're going to put a tanker in orbit next year. And I believe the IFT-3 mission will be early next year. Elon Musk actually just posted on Twitter X today, X formerly known as Twitter, that he believes the hardware for the next IFT-3 flight will be ready in three to four weeks. So if the flight will be ready in three to four weeks, the hardware is ready in three to four weeks, the landing or the launch pad, which according to Elon Musk on Twitter as well, the land, the launch pad is perfectly fine. They don't really have to replace anything. Maybe there are a few things that they have to dust off, but it seems like it's a, a pretty good, it's in a pretty good spot right now. So maybe they just have to do some refurbishment and they have to hoist up the booster and the ship and get it ready and do some testing and it'll be flight ready in three to four weeks. And there's a possibility that the FAA 
after the investigation with SpaceX that the FAA allows them to do an IFT-3 launch by the end of this year. So if they can get one done by the end of this year, they'll have at least five launches next year, possibly more if they petition for more launches because they need it for the Artemis program. They need to fly hundreds of these ships before the Artemis program. They also have to fly hundreds of these ships before they even put a person in them, according to Gwen Shotwell, the COO of SpaceX. It's going to be an interesting next six months. Please stick with us here on the show because I'll bring you as much information as I can, as soon as I can get it for you, about SpaceX, Starship, NASA, HLS, and all spaceflight. In the next section, we are focusing on two significant developments in the space industry. On one hand, Virgin Galactic is moving forward with its next-generation Delta-class space plane, following the successful commercial voyages of its VSS Unity space plane, and on the other, NASA is addressing vital concerns with the Orion spacecraft's heat shield following the Artemis 1 mission, critical for the safety of the crewed Artemis 2 mission, slated for November of 2024. Now, Virgin Galactic, having launched commercial space travel with VSS Unity, is now progressing towards its advanced Delta space plane. Unity, slated to be retired by mid-2024, will make way for Delta offering greater capacity and efficiency. And this transition is part of Virgin Galactic's strategy to enhance its space tourism business, with a Delta expected to carry six passengers compared to Unity's four and requiring less maintenance for more frequent launches. Simultaneously, NASA is closely examining the Orion spacecraft's heat shield performance following the uncrewed Artemis 1 mission. The agency aims to ensure the shield's reliability for the upcoming Artemis 2 mission, which will carry astronauts around the moon. And NASA's commitment to resolving this issue before the scheduled November 2024 launch underscores the importance of safety in human spaceflight and lunar travel. Now, Virgin Galactic's commercial spaceflight journey began with the maiden voyage of VSS Unity on June 29th. And since then, the company has conducted several successful trips to the edge of space. However, attention is now shifting towards the Delta space plane. Virgin Galactic anticipates a limited number of remaining flights for Unity, marking a significant phase in its operational evolution. And the Delta-class space plane represents a technological leap forward while retaining a similar outer appearance to Unity. It also boasts a lighter composite structure and more advanced avionics, allowing quicker turnaround times between flights. This efficiency is central to Virgin Galactic's future operational plans and revenue model. And to support Delta launches, Virgin Galactic has teamed up with Aurora Flight Sciences, a Boeing subsidiary. And this collaboration focuses on developing new motherships vital for launching the Delta space planes. And these motherships, enhanced versions of the current VMS EVE carrier, will play a crucial role in scaling up Virgin Galactic's space tourism operations. Financially, Virgin Galactic's shift to Delta is driven by the potential for increased profitability. The company, having reported $2 million in revenue in the second quarter of 2023, sees the Delta as a key to unlocking greater financial success in the burgeoning space tourism market. And the new space plane, with its higher passenger capacity and increased ticket prices, uh, presents a lucrative opportunity for the company. Now, over at NASA, scrutiny of the Orion spacecraft's heat shield is a response to unexpected findings during the Artemis 1 mission, and the shield experienced more erosion than anticipated, 
during reentry, prompting a comprehensive review to ensure its effectiveness in protecting astronauts. And this investigation is crucial for the Artemis II mission, which will mark a significant milestone in NASA's Artemis program. NASA's officials, including Jim Free and Howard Hugh, have emphasized the company's dedication to understanding and resolving the heat shield issue. The Artemis II crew, led by Reed Wiseman, has also stressed their commitment to safety, asserting that the mission will only proceed once the vehicle is fully ready. And as Virgin Galactic prepares for the introduction of the Delta space plane and NASA addresses the challenges with Orion, these efforts highlight the dynamic and multifaceted nature of contemporary space exploration. Virgin Galactic's focus on commercial space tourism is opening up new possibilities for public access to space. While NASA's Artemis missions are pushing the boundaries of human exploration beyond Earth and to the lunar surface. And Virgin Galactic's transition to Delta and NASA's commitment to ensuring Orion exemplify the ongoing advancements in space exploration. They not only represent significant technological advances, but also underscore the importance of safety, efficiency, and innovation in shaping the future of space travel. I want to say thank you so much for listening to the show today. Don't forget to hit the subscribe or the follow button on whatever podcast platform you're on right now. All of our episodes are usually under 10 minutes long. This one's about five minutes long. So it's designed to quickly bring you up to speed on the latest in space and technology. So stay tuned for more insights and discussions about the critical developments for NASA, Virgin Galactic, SpaceX, and spaceflight in general. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you tomorrow.